0: on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Unutaka Murakami stole a home run off of Merrill Kelly. Tied the game at one. Raro. First and second. One out. Raro. Bottom of the second for Merrill Kelly. Diamondbacks. Number 2 pitcher struggling a little bit, giving a one nothing lead on a Trey Turner home run. This is the World Baseball Classic final. Already pitchers in the pen World. warming up. It was going to be a quick hook. It was always going to be a quick hook. They are warming up pitchers in the pen right now, so we'll see how this ends for Merrill Kelly. We were hopeful he would have a really strong outing, albeit a short one. We'll see how this goes for him. 1-1 game in the bottom of the second. All right, so let's talk about the Suns as we welcome you back to the Burns and Gambo Show here live on the Auction Community studios or from the oxygen community studios, I should say. Sons and the Lakers tomorrow. Tankathon.com. It's, it's funny how things have changed around here. We used to look at Tankathon.com for ping-pong balls and odds and to simulate the lottery and everything. Now, I look at tankathon.com to look at strength of schedule and because they, they do a really nice breakdown of that, too. And they daily, on the daily gamble they rank who's got the toughest schedules left in the NBA. Phoenix Suns have the fifth toughest schedule left in all of the National Basketball Association. Um, not surprised. They got Philly coming up, they got Denver, they twice. got Denver twice. twice. They they got the Clippers, Kings, uh, Sacramento. Yeah, I mean they got tough battles coming up. Even their easiest opponents. And again, this is really cool what tankathon.com uh, .com does. They they got toughest opponents, easiest oppo- opponents. E- even their easiest opponents. Minnesota, Utah, Oklahoma City, the Lakers. Yeah, their records might not be very good. All of those teams battling for playoff positioning, battling for a playoff spot. Even the easy opponents for the Suns have something on the line the rest of the way. The only team, and I mean the only team, that they play from here to the end of the season that has absolutely nothing to play for at all, San Antonio Spurs. One time. That's it. That's it. Yeah, That's all they got. Uh, it's you know that's that is what it is. I mean, I think it. Right, I think now we've kind of you know concluded that they're not going to move up to two. They're not going to move up to three. It's a it's four or five. I don't think that they'll fall down to six either because I think there's a three game lead there over over six. So I think you're really looking at a four or five matchup. Now the question is who who would you play and do you have home court advantage? I think what you're fighting for right now is to hold on to home court advantage as the four seed. I think that's what you're holding. On to You're definitely not moving up to two or three. I think that's out of the equation right now. We we'll take an epic collapse by one of those two teams and that's not going to happen and the Suns would have to win a lot of games against a tough schedule. So the reality is that you're either the four seed or the five seed. I don't even see them slipping to six. So I think that that's what you're fighting for. I think you're, you're probably going to play the Clippers or if not Golden State or Dallas and I think you're going to have a tough first round matchup you can going to have a tougher first-round matchup, and it's just a matter whether you're starting that series on the road or at home. If the season were to end right now, the Suns would play the Clippers in the first round. Golden State would be six. They would play the Sacramento Kings in the first round. Then depending on the results of the play-in tournament, let's just say it's chalk, Dallas would play the Grizzlies in the first round. Minnesota would play the Nuggets in the first round. Again, if the play-in tournament just goes straight chalk and there are no upsets or anything like that. I think you're right. The goal right now should be to finish fourth, so at least you have home court advantage over whoever you play. I think if you fall to fifth, the goal then becomes to fall to sixth. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I'd don't. i rather the Suns be sixth than fifth. Yes. And if you're going to fall out of fourth, fall to sixth, not fifth. Because then... <sighs> you, so much, it's so hard to control that. Of course. Oh, no, it's almost impossible to control that. Yeah. It's like trying to control a car when you're driving on ice. I mean, you. you, you I, I don't know if there's any way to do that. Because if you fall to sixth, you cannot fall to seventh. The only reason why sixth is advantageous is you're playing Memphis or Sacramento. And as we talked about yesterday, and if you didn't hear our show, you'd rather play play Memphis or Sacramento because all the teams at the top of the Western Conference, none of them have that been there, done that baller in the NBA playoffs. All the teams below you do, but all the teams above you don't. So if you're going to fall, don't fall the fifth. Fall the sixth. But if you're going to fall the sixth, be careful you don't fall the seventh. And that's where this all is like you're really threading a needle for the Phoenix. We had Landry Shamit on earlier. I think right now it's just like, we just need to win basketball games. We're going to try to win basketball games. Let the chips fall where they may. I mean, you can't be sitting there. No, no nobody on that son's roster is thinking we got to fall to six, but not oh, seven. Like, of course not. Well, you know that. I know that. Right. It's just a well, matter. So it's of, a fan thing when we talk about yeah, that. It's a media it, thing. Well, That's listen, not a player thing. And it's not impossible based on how tough the schedule is and the fact that then you know that they're really shorthanded right now. Um, but if they, I, you, you gotta think. Like After they lost those three games, so at Sacramento, Golden State, Milwaukee, it's like, okay, they're still going to win some games. Everything's okay. They've gone one and one since then. They, they won one and they lost one. These games that are coming up right here, like you mentioned the next three games, like, yeah, you, you could lose all three of those games. If you get to that point, well, now you start worrying about them falling to seven. Sure. If you lose the oh, next three. This, this week terrifies me. In that for for that for that reason, Ben okay. seven's a real possibility. Oklahoma City on Sunday, they're so playing for their playoff lives. Lakers on Wednesday, they're playing for their playoff lives. Sacramento on Friday, they're trying to hold, uh, trying to overtake Memphis now for two. Philadelphia on Saturday, okay, yeah, against the guy who's probably been the best player in the NBA in the last Th- two weeks. This week terrifies me. Terrifies me. Now, had they won against Oklahoma City, then I think would be okay. Be like, all right, things are going to be fine. They beat the Thunder. They'll beat the Lakers. Everything's going to be all right. If they just hadn't collapsed in the fourth quarter the way they did, then everything probably would be okay. That loss to Oklahoma City. And again, I'll reiterate what you and I keep saying about this. All right. We're making a big deal about this now standings and seedings and things like that. At the end of the day, you and I both have acknowledged that it really doesn't matter. Get Kevin Durant back healthy, have your full team ready to go at the end of the year, take your chances, roll the dice, whatever happens, happens, right? I, I, I'm not, we're stressing about it now because we don't want to fall the seventh for the Suns. We don't want to see them fall the seventh. But if they do, and you're going to tell me they've got a full roster, I'll take my chances with this team because I think they're capable of winning a championship. If they're whole, they just got to get whole. Right, and I don't disagree with any of that. I think they're very capable of winning with Durant, and um, whether they do or not is, you know, sometimes it's just there's luck involved in it. You know, there's other guys that are injured and coming back, and sometimes matchups matter and and things like that. But you're looking at Kevin Durant and hoping he can get five games in for the rest of the season. They could click, they could gel, and they could have success in the playoffs. But we don't know. A couple of rock and roll Hall of Famers, Billy Joel and Stevie Nicks, they're heading to Chase Field one night only on December eighth. Tickets are going to go on sale this Friday at. AM. You can win a pair of tickets right now by visiting the contest page at ArizonaSports.com. The latest batch of mock drafts, they're all starting to agree when it comes to the Cardinals at three. We'll tell you what they had to say next on the Burns and Gambo Show. and Gambo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Well, that didn't take long for Merrill Kelly. He's already out of the game. Uh, They're through two innings. Japan leads 2-1 in the World Baseball Classic Championship game. Uh, The U.S. took a 1-0 lead on a Trey Turner home run in the bottom of the second. Merrill Kelly gave up a home run. so last night's hero to tie the game at one. Promptly loaded the bases. He was pulled. A very quick hook for Merrill Kelly. Reliever came in, came in, allowed one of the inherited runs to score, but got out of the, the rest of the inning without any more damage. So it's 2-1. United States is trailing Japan in the World Baseball Classic. Very quick hook. Very quick for uh, Merrill Kelly. Yeah, Yeah. Very well, quick. Diamondbacks are probably happy he got out of that without you know getting hurt. So a sigh of relief for them. No, I know. I'm sure, like they were, like a lot of us, excited to see how he was going to do in a really high pressure situation like this, right? Because the Diamondbacks just haven't That's had true. a lot of yeah. those the last couple of years. Not like this, you know. He didn't do so well. No, not so well. He didn't he and did, it's yeah. so hot. quicker hook because it's basically Game Seven of a World Series. So there's, you know, if he's gonna, you can't leave him in there too long. If you don't want to. So he's out 2 1. uh, U.S. is trailing Japan in the WBC final. All right, mock drafts. Whole bunch of it came out out today. I mean, just a ton. Led by Mel Kuiper Jr.'s mock draft. His third, I believe, that he's released so far. Draft is a month away. Release a whole bunch of them. Maybe one of them will be right. Oh, yeah. That's usually how these guys do it, right? Eventually, you're, you're bound what to get my, it right. I got that right on my fourth one, but I got that right on my second one. Does that count? Yeah, I'm sure like, that. What if you get ten of them right, but it's between like five different mock drafts? You, you, Can you count that? But at the end of the day, you just say, I got ten of them right. You got ten of them right. He's technically, you're correct. You when did, did you say, get yeah. ten of them correct, exactly. right? Yeah. yeah, it's like it's like somebody, that's like the guy in the office pool who enters seven five brackets. brackets. Yeah, I won. Yeah. Well, yeah, he entered seven damn times. Right, What did you expect was going to happen? Of course you won. Um, in his mock, he's got the Arizona Cardinals doing the thing that I think 90% of Cardinal fans here listening to us would want them to do. Doing the thing. Slide down one spot. One spot only. Make a trade with the Indianapolis Colts. Let them move up. Let them take a quarterback. Yeah. You slide down one spot. Get the extra inventory. Take yourself some Will Anderson. Do a little Google Dolls slide why don't you slide Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. slide listen I think that's the best scenario it's the one that I I think is uh, is is a far as I would go. For me, I said it yesterday, I'll continue to say this until the draft. I would not miss out on Will Anderson. I'll take him at three, or I'll move down to four, and I'll take him at four. Anything else, I'm going to look at the Cardinals as being cheap. If they try to go down too far and put themselves out of a position. Even if I'm, it's just a couple of spots? well uh, I, you I, accuse I, them of cheap if they move down to, to seven? Seven? No, maybe not. Maybe not seven. Okay. But you go into them further than that, I think you, every time you go down, it's less money that you are spending on the player. Oh, I, I understand. That I'm just like if you want you're going to accuse them of that if they move down to the teens okay let's have a talk but if they're going to move down to six or seven or eight uh, is that because it's cheap or is that because of the pitch I would definitely question whether the money was a factor. I would question it. Was the money a factor? Because look at the difference between what you pay in number three and what you pay in number eight or number 10. So I would definitely question it. You've got an opportunity here to draft a great player. And I hope the Cardinals do. I hope the Cardinals draft Will Anderson. And if they draft him at three and they don't make a trade, I'm very happy. And if they trade down to four and they add an extra pick or two and they still get Will Anderson, I'm very happy. But if they trade out of getting a great player and they end up with, like, I don't know, the cornerback from Oregon, I no knock on him. He's a good cornerback. But man, you want to. Difference maker, you got one staring you at the face And Will Anderson. I don't want to lose that kid. I think that they should get him at no matter what the cost. They either stay at three or move to four, but don't put yourself in a position where you trade out and you don't get him. Yeah, they got to be careful here. They, they, they have to. They don't want to trade out too far. Now, I'm, I'm not as willing to go there with you yet on that one because I'm still intrigued by. I, I'm never going to compare Will Anderson to just the player they get in this year's draft. You're going to have to compare Will Anderson to everything else they would get if they made such a deal. That could include future first round picks, but I would agree. I don't want them moving down to the teens. I don't want them moving down to 13 or 14 or 16 or anything like that. For me, my comfort zone probably stops around eight, where I go, okay, I just don't want them going much further than that, even though they would get more to go further. I just, I, I still want them to be able to get. The best offensive lineman in this year's draft, or the best cornerback in this year's draft, or even the second best edge rusher in this year's draft, combined with the other inventory they would get to make the move. The perfect scenario is to do exactly this: move down one spot, get an extra pick or two from the Colts, and get Will Anderson. That is the dream. Love it, and and The, Love dr- it. the dream requires two things to happen. I mean, number one, the Cardinals have to convince the Colts, "You better do this, or else. You better do this, or else you we're going to You, you, know, you, you bluff. Bluff. We're going to make a deal with Seattle, mm-hmm. or we're going to make a deal with." the Raiders or we're going to make a deal with the Falcons or somebody like that. And then the other thing it requires is that the Colts have to love one of the two quarterbacks that's left. They have to convince themselves if we don't move up to three, we really like the third best quarterback in this draft, but we don't like the fourth best quarterback in this draft. That has to exist. Because without that, the Colts are going to be like, hey, we don't need to move up, we're fine. It's likely that they like one a lot better than the other. I would think, but the, the in doomsday, case they don't, that's the, the problem. The doomsday scenario there would be if the Colts are trying to get Lamar Jackson without, a, you know... If the Colts are trying to get Lamar Jackson, they're not moving off the fourth pick. No. So, you you know, then you you, you stay at three or you trade with somebody else. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not putting a lot of stock in the Colts wanting Lamar Jackson. I, I know there was a report today, Stephen Holder of ESPN.com, reporting the Colts have not ruled out a pursuit of Lamar Jackson. But then in the same breath, it's reported that a run at Jackson, while it remains possible for the Colts, the team, quote, has not taken any steps regarding jackson team sources have expressed skepticism about an attempt to woo jackson so it it, it it honestly i read this story and the first thing i thought of was it almost feels like a pushback at the cardinals for oh no we're not gonna trade with you we're gonna go get lamar jackson no you're not well no, that could be their bluff too th- uh, that's what i'm saying yeah. Yeah. i read that and i interpreted this as a bluff as a, you're not really gonna get Lamar Jackson. You're using that to try to bluff back to the Cardinals who are trying to convince you, you have to come up to three to get your quarterback. This feels like well, if the Cardinals were smart right now, Monty Austin Ford would start putting out signals that there's several teams that have been called to inquire about moving up to three. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, continue. You get that out there. Let that let that sink in with the Colts and other teams that there are several teams that are attempting to move up to number three. Even if it's not true, get it out there if you're the Cardinals and you know because a lot of this is bluff and a lot of teams won't tell other teams what they're doing. You know, the Colts the Colts aren't going to you know call the Falcons and the Raiders. And say, hey, are you guys talking to the Cardinals? Doesn't really work like that. No, it really doesn't. No, it doesn't. Uh, in this mock from Kuiper, he's got the Colts moving up to take Will Levis. Not Anthony Richardson, Will Levis. He's got Anthony Richardson going fifth to the Seattle Seahawks. But that and I was just looking, by the way, at I saw a tweet from Albert Breer. Okay. All the different executives who are going to Ohio State's Pro day to go see CJ Stroud. It's incredible. It's like everybody. Albert Breer, just from the Panthers. Okay, just the Panthers. Both the owners, the GM, the head coach, the assistant GM, a VP, the offensive coordinator, the quarterback's coach, the senior assistant offensive coach, the scouting director, another scout. They're like sending a dozen people. Good. You got to get go right. to Ohio it's good pro day for him. I mean, you should send everybody. You want all eyes on him. You want all opinions on whether he's worth the pick or not. So you could probably make the right pick. I mean, it's, a, it's, what, it's what a good organization does. Bills are sending their GM. The commanders are sending their GM. Giants are sending their head coach. Packers are sending their GM. I mean, I go on and on. It's like. It's I don't like, know why these teams with quarterbacks are going, like, and I have no chance to get him, why they're doing it, though. Uh, I mean, it's other guys that'll be there working out of as course well. It's not going to just be C.J. Stroud. Right. There'll be other guys. But, it's like, you're not there for C.J. Stroud. Yep. Is it Levis? Is it Anthony Richards? Well, Daniel Jeremiah, his mock draft, same day as Kuiper, where Kuiper's got him going. Three. He had Will Levis taking a nosedive to nineteen. Yeah, all the way down to nineteen with the Bucks. That, that surprised 19. me. Nineteen. What a dis- What a d- disparity. Right. right. I, I, and and I like Daniel Jeremiah a lot. Um, I'm surprised he's got Levis that low because I think the closer we get to this draft, I think two things are going to happen. All right. Uh, assuming the Cardinals don't trade the pick just yet, I think two things are going to happen the closer we get to the draft. Number one, almost all of the mocks are going to reflect the Colts and the Cardinals switching spots. I, I think that's going to become a very, that it, 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 it was very a strong trend today. I think that's going to continue to be a strong trend. I think the other trend is going to be four of the first four or four of the first five players being quarterbacks. I'll say four of the first five, because I'll have the Cardinals either at three or four. I think quarterbacks will go one, two, and either three and five or four and five. So you think Seattle takes one? I do. Or Seattle moves out and somebody gets up to take one. Yeah, I do. I, I, Geno Smith's on a one-year deal. I know it's a three-year deal, and I know he was reported $105 million. It's a one-year deal for Geno Smith. I think they're going to take a quarterback. I okay. do. I really, really would do. You know what? I wouldn't bet I wouldn't bet that. We've got the Burns and Gambo Show podcast. Subscribe now on your iPhone or your Android, and you will not miss any of our show. The Burns and Gambo Show is brought to you by Carol Royce, your home sold guaranteed realty. Go to carolhasthebuyers.com. That's carolhasthebuyers.com and start packing. Sons have had just as much of an issue getting to the line as they do sending the opposition to the line. we got the numbers. They don't paint a pretty picture. Next, Burns and Gambo. Arizona Sports. Breaking news. Well, you just heard it in the update a second ago, but it is breaking news confirmed by ASU themselves. They tweeted out, John Rothstein, the initial reporter on this one, putting out an information and report that Bobby Hurley had signed a two-year contract extension with ASU. Earlier today on Burns and Gambo, we were talking about multiple stories suggesting Providence was knocking on Bobby Hurley's door, was interested in him. Two year deal for him to stay at ASU. What did you find out? Sorry, I was just drinking some water right there. Uh, I did just recently talk to ASU. Bobby had no desire to leave. He was contacted by other schools. He was contacted by other schools, but he wants to do something at ASU that has never been done before or hasn't been done in a long time, maybe taking him to the Sweet 16. And so now he's got three years left on his deal. This is what he wanted. He didn't want any more than that, any less than that. My understanding is, if ASU would have let Bobby Hurley go, he would have taken a year off. He was not interested in taking any other job at this time, even though he was contacted by other schools. Bobby's one of those guys. Like he, we don't have a great arena. Okay, fine. It is what it is. Okay, you know, we're not, uh, you know, we're not getting the top kids in recruiting. Fine, we'll hit the portal. Well, I mean, he's he's happy here. He wanted to be here, and he doesn't look at the issues that a lot of other people look at and say, okay. That's why I got to get out of here, like the arena. The arena is what it is. We don't like it, and we could rail on it that they need a new one. But Bobby just deals with it. He wants to stay at Arizona State. He wants to do something special here. So three years left on his contract now with the two years they just added. Statement came out from Bobby Hurley, quote, it's an honor to continue my journey as the head basketball coach at Arizona State University. I want to thank Dr. Crow and Ray Anderson for their commitment to our program and trust in my leadership. I'm looking forward to building off our success this season and taking the program to greater heights in the future, close quote. Harkens back to a lot of conversations that we've had about Bobby Hurley over the last few weeks about ASU basketball, about just how far they can go and kind of what their ceiling is and whether they can, in fact, actually do better than Bobby Hurley. But this latest round felt a little different. This latest round felt more like, was Bobby going to leave? And was Bobby looking at other jobs? And we had even at one point today in the show, Gambo, had a lot of conversations about Providence and whether they were interested in him this year and we even asked the question is bobby hurley the kind of coach that you've wanted asu to have for the last 10 years or so so good at what he did that somebody was going to come and want him to be their head coach asu really hasn't had that in football or men's basketball i don't know if the providence flirtation counted because i don't know if bobby has had that much success at ASU that he'd be a desired commodity somewhere else, but clearly ASU must have felt like there was at least enough of a threat that Bobby was gonna get poached that they felt the need to keep him around for a few and more and also years. what I told, cool. told is he only had the one year left on his deal. So you had to extend it. You don't want them to go into the final year uh, type of deal. So, you know, because you, recruiting, right, and bringing kids in, they want to know that you're going to be there for a few years. So coaches with one year left on their deal, some kids shy away from signing with those programs because there's yeah. a lot of uncertainty surrounding the coach. I get that. I gritted my teeth a little bit when you said Sweet 16. I mean, that's just. Man, that's such a high bar for this program. I'm just telling you that his Bobby Hurley wants to do something that has not been done at ASU or hasn't been done in a long time. I I don't doubt it, but let's be realists here, right? That's a high bar for ASU basketball. Sweet 16? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's a high bar, yeah. Bobby Hurley in his coaching career has never won outside of a first four game. He's never won an NCAA, an NCAA tournament, tournament game. game, right? Okay, so it's it's just a given what we've all collectively experienced with ASU basketball. That's it. I'm not saying it's not achievable, but you just got to understand kind of the limit. I know you do the limitations of what we're talking about here. That's that's a big ask for ASU basketball. They've never been able to achieve that. Kind he of does success. seem like that he's a different cat. That he's not always chasing the biggest and best job. He does seem like he's a little bit different. Like he gets comfortable somewhere and he's okay, he's he's got, he's got plenty of money. He's just not. It doesn't seem like he's out there just chasing the the, the next job. I get the impression that he's very happy here. That yes, his, that his, that his family likes it here. He likes it here. Yes. He likes the lifestyle here. I, I get the impression that Arizona, even though we talked earlier in the show about, he seems like more of a commodity on the East Coast than the West Coast. I do get the impression that Bobby really, truly likes the Arizona lifestyle and living in Arizona. He's talked about that many, many times. His kids go to school here. He's raised his kids here. He's got his kid on a program. Well, I mean, there's a lot for him to uh, be happy about and a lot of control of the situation. But, yes, that's a two-year deal. That keeps him for the next three years. It's what he wanted. Didn't He you know, wasn't looking for anything more. He just, If we could do a two-year extension, that'd be great. Uh, but, yeah, he definitely was contacted by other schools, but no desire to leave. And I, I'm even being told that even if the ASU would have decided to go to a different direction, he probably would not have coached this okay, next year. Interesting. Yeah. So Bobby Hurley's staying put on a two-year contract <laughs> extension that now has him under contract for the next three years. As far as the Suns are concerned, we had Landry Shamit on the show earlier, and um, we of course inevitably asked him about the foul situation, which has just been such a talking point the last couple of days, given the discrepancy that we've seen. If you missed it on BrightSideOfTheSun.com, Dave King had a, a great breakdown of the numbers, and the numbers don't paint a really good picture for the Phoenix Suns, especially in the category not so much of the calls that they're not getting when they have the ball, but the fouls that they're committing when the other team has the ball. The Suns are quite simply one of the worst teams in the NBA at it, and we can sit here and have a really focused conversation on Devin Booker and why he doesn't get calls, or the Suns and why they don't get calls, but it seems to me that the real end is, the, the real problem is actually at the other end. where they're fouling, Where the they're fouling the other team. I mean, yeah, okay, we, we can all have different points of view on Devin Booker and the calls he doesn't get, but the problem, based off of the numbers that Dave King had, paints a picture of hey, you got to stop fouling at the other end. That's something Monty Williams talked a lot about after the Oklahoma City game. Is something that we just we have to fix. We can't keep complaining about the officials when you know we look at all these teams that we're playing and we're giving up thirty six free throws. You know, we just got to be able to guard the ball without slapping. And down and, and be okay with that, and so it's a, it's a tough loss because uh, we felt like we had control of the game. They're one of the worst teams in the NBA. Yeah, yeah it's and that's that's a big problem too. I mean, we talked about that. Uh, you know everybody looks at the one angle the suns aren't getting the calls but the other issue is that they are fouling at a very high rate so they they don't go to the free throw line but yet they put teams at the free throw line at a at a very abnormal number like the big discrepancy between how many times they go and how many times they put their opponents on the, the line the suns commit the fifth most fouls in the league they've given up the fourth most free throw attempts in the NBA. That feels very real every time you watch this team. Since February 9th, so basically the last month and a half, they have been the worst team in the NBA, allowing 28 free throws per game. And this is the crazy stat to me. In games where the opponent shoots 10 more free throws than they do, the Suns are 7-15. and 15. 10 more free throws. Ten or more, I should say, free throws. When that happens, the Suns are seven and fifteen. I mean, that's not a crazy number because it's like you only win a third of your games. The other team gets if they shoot eighty percent of those. They're not they, that's eight extra points that they have that you don't have. So that's a very you know, I would have thought that number might have been been even worse than just a third of the games you win. It it, it would seem like that. But here's where Dave makes a really good point. A year ago, um, when they were, you know, another team had 10 or more free throw attempts than they did, the Suns were 10 and three, they were eight and six the year before. Last year, they didn't lose many basketball games. No, I, and, and that's... And this th- year, they're in a lot cl- of th- closer games. You have just stumbled on part of the problem, is that part of the problem is this year's team, offensively, it's been such a challenge with all the injuries, that they can't overcome the free throw discrepancy. Last year, they could. The year before, they could. They were healthy. They were strong. They were offensively one of the best teams in the NBA. This year, Cam Johnson missed a bunch of time. Devin Booker missed a bunch of time. Chris Paul's missed a bunch of time. Kevin Durant's missed a bunch of time. DeAndre Ayton has missed time. They... They haven't found the offensive continuity or even close to it to be able to overcome a free throw discrepancy like that. That's why it's getting them this year. It's getting them this year because they've had no flow offensively all year long. Last year didn't matter that the other team shot ten or more; they still won games. The year before, same thing. This year, it matters because this year they've had so many guys miss so much time; they can't find their flow and their rhythm offensively. Yeah, that's and, the difference. And a lot of times, you go just that game the other day. I mean, you got you've you got to a- you got a foul shea gilge's Alexander. Because you're down by three with ten seconds left, you had to foul Jalen Williams. Because you're down by five with twenty one seconds left, so if you see at a lot of the, at the end of these basketball games, they're forced to foul because they're down by four, three, four, five, six points, and you're trying to you know get the ball back. If your bracket is busted, do not worry, Madness Maniacs. You still have a shot at five hundred dollars. Text the word box to six twenty six twenty. We're going to send you a link to fill out your sixteen team bracket. Again, text the word BUCKS to 62620. It's the Arizona Sports Bracket BUCKS. It's presented by Santan Ford and Schwartz Laser Eye Center. Technically, Lamar Jackson is a Baltimore Raven. How could he impact the Arizona Cardinals, even though he's not coming to the Cardinals? We'll tell you how next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo, what's on tonight? All right, games are going to watch tonight here on the Burns and Gambo Show because we are just about out of here. Coyotes, they are in action tonight. They're losing to the Winnipeg Jets in the first intermission. They're down 2-0 to Winnipeg. It's because they're not at Mullet Arena. It's because they're not there. If they were at home, they'd be winning. Winning. Like, 8 nothing. <laughs> <Hopefully> they're not. <laughs> they, they've won a lot more games than anybody thought they would this year. <laughs> they have. But they have had just crazy, unexpected, unpredictable success at Mullet Arena. But uh, away from home, eh, not so much. Losing to Winnipeg right now, 2-0. World Baseball Classic, that is also... On, and by the way, that uh, Coyotes game is over on ESPN 620. World Baseball Classic, we are in the bottom of the fourth. Japan is beating Team USA 3 Two one after they just added another home run by Kazuma Okamoto, and I don't know who's pitching for. Is it Kyle Freeland? Thank you, Mitch. I appreciate that. So Who was Cal- the guy that was it? Uh, the only thing I remember as a kid about like Japanese baseball. Was it Sadaharao? Yes, the Babe that Ruth of Japan. That was the guy Japan. that had the ba- that had the home run record, yeah, he right? Was Japan's Babe Ruth. Yeah, Sadaharao. Other than that, I didn't know anybody. Like, you know, now... It's- Shohei Ohtani's not ringing a bell. No, but now, oh, I mean, now. Like, when we were a kid growing up, you know, you didn't have the same international flavor in the game as you do today. It was a lot different. This has been this is a tremendous success for Major League Baseball this tournament it, it, no, I, I still wish they'd play it after the season was over instead of before the season I, I think you'd see a lot of people not participating in it I, I it's I, I would I've thought about that like when could you have it when you would absolutely maximize the number of people who are gonna be in it I would just think a lot of guys would bow out because the yeah. season's done they want to go on vacation they want some family time I I I don't know. It's and and you've got all the guys in two spots, Florida and Arizona, which makes it easy to like host the games. Yep, no doubt. It makes it much easier. I, in fact, I, just, I uh, was going to save this story for tomorrow, but I'll go ahead and bring it up now because <laughs> I just saw it on ESPN.com. Rob Manfred said on Tuesday, moments before this championship game, that he would like more pitchers to commit to it. Manfred said he would like to see more stars playing in the tournament, particularly on the pitching side. Quote, it's great the guys that we have, but I'd like to see pitching staffs that are of the same quality as our position players. That is a really tough ask this time of year. I mean, really guys are throwing ask. spring training games. I mean, I well, why wouldn't you know if you just hey, listen, so, okay, I'm gonna you're gonna throw three innings this day, you're gonna in five days, you're gonna throw four innings. I, that could just be the day that you're pitching. I don't know. I mean, it should be like, honestly, you should be able to monitor it and make it fine. Okay. Merrill Kelly pitched today. If you you, you just don't have him throw a spring training game in the previous three or four days. Okay. I'll get it. But Merrill Kelly's a good example. All right. I'm sure the Diamondbacks, if today were just a spring training day, would have wanted Merrill Kelly to throw more than the, 35 pitches, 45 pitches that he threw, right? I mean, the season's a week away. Okay. Now, it's, oh, well, that's part of the problem is that the competitiveness of the games leads you to not prepare pitching the way they need to be prepared this time of year. Could he not go to the bullpen and throw another oh, 30 pitches? Because sure. the Diamondbacks say, look, no matter what, we want you to throw 70 pitches today. He could. So yes. if there's if a tunnel if you underneath, if you, you go down to the tunnel underneath, you could okay. mean, yeah, yeah, saying, he could throw it down there too. I'm saying, I just think that there are a lot of ways to manage that. And to sit there and worry about the injuries, like, I, you know, I get it because the Mets lost their closer for the whole season now. Yeah, well, but who's to say that wasn't gonna well it probably his, wouldn't happen in a spring training game because I don't think everybody would have been celebrating like that no, after a spring training one. Carson win. Kelly breaking his forearm. That yeah. could have happened in a world sure. baseball classic game that happened in spring training. He's gonna be out for a while. Yeah. What'd you say? Six to eight. Six weeks to eight weeks minimum? minimum is what I'm being told. Six to eight weeks minimum. Yeah, I just I think that pitching that Pitchers more than position players are real creatures of habit when it comes to how they ramp up for a season. And I think there are certain guys who are going to be very particular about how they're ramping up for a season and how they use spring training. And I think because of that, you'll see a lot of pitchers who will say no. They, they just don't want to do it. Now, what incentives can be added to make them want to do it? I don't know. but But I, you don't have to incentivize pitchers that are in these other countries because they take so much pride in playing for their country. So I think, you know... I think they're... Pitchers from other countries who are not in it as well. I, th- I, I think mean, some sta- really starters. I think, okay. yeah, I think there are some starters who aren't in it. It I, seems I, like they take it very seriously. I don't. Like, I think a lot of pride. Yeah, I mean, I would agree the other countries do, but I think we do too. I mean, look at the lineup we're rolling out there. I mean, it's like a oh, who's it's, it's, it's like who's it's who a great lineup. Yeah. yeah, for the position players for the United States. I think I think I'll, I'd have to do more research to see what other starting pitchers from other countries have chosen not to participate because they don't want to have their ramp up control. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that, but I'm just telling you what Rob Manfred is saying, that he would like to try to lobby to get more pitchers to participate in it. I don't know. I I think it's been a pretty big success so far. Some of these games have been absolutely terrific, and if the goal is to increase baseball on an international stage, these games do a really, really good job when it comes to that. And they're televised. How about that? (laughs) <laughs> uh, I'm not worried about that We'll be able to watch He's safe We'll be able to watch yeah, Review that No, I know, I know the we'll, whole, be, we'll be able to watch We'll, we'll figure it the out The bally Sports thing They'll figure it out It'll be on MLB Kyle, It'll be on MLB TV sure. Or another channel But they'll get it figured out If it doesn't work At the beginning of the season If something goes horribly wrong With bally Sports and, and we aren't able to watch that way It'll be awkward it'll take us a while to figure out how to watch, where to watch. People will gripe because people are always going to gripe. But eventually, they'll figure it out. We'll be able to watch baseball. There's way too much money at stake in televising these games. They're going to start not to, to put them on TV somewhere. They're going to start to put the, their, their toes in the water on this streaming stuff. You watch. There's an avenue of revenue there that they haven't taken advantage of that they're, they're going to soon. Is that whole sc- streaming thing. You know, clips of their games that could be seen and Paid for through services. MLB doesn't do a very good job of that, and that's an avenue that I know that they do want to explore. No doubt about it. I mean, I'll tell you right now, if I could subscribe to a service where I knew I was going to be able to watch a Diamondbacks game every night, I would absolutely subscribe to that service. Like that. To just... to if If... If that were my only avenue, okay. do you know okay. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. let, so let's say I wanted to have like YouTube TV or Hulu Plus or something like that that doesn't carry Diamondback games, and then you pay But, yeah, but I, I could, I could pay five dollars a month to be able to watch Diamondbacks baseball games, however, wherever, streaming, whenever I wanted, like that. I would do it in a minute. Absolutely. I think people in the 70s, they would do their bills. They had like five bills. House payment, car (laughs) payment, electric payment, food, and that was it. Now there's like, you do a bunch of, it's like 85 things we pay for. This is true. Netflix, Amazon, Spotify. We're out of here. We'll see you tomorrow. Straight up two o'clock here on the Burns and Gamble show. Have a great night, everyone. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. God.